This is the Pick of the Bunch by Basic Bananas, where we share the pick of the bunch when it comes to marketing, business, and people. Welcome back to the Pick of the Bunch. This is Christo here. In this episode, I interview Mark Pesci. This episode, we go through basically a range of things. Quite an interesting episode, actually. A bit different to what we normally do. And uh, the, the, the content includes uh, Mark's opinions on cars, so automobiles, the future of cars and fuel for cars and where that's going and I guess the challenges that the automotive industry is facing with uh, self-drive cars and, and all of the, the future of, of where that's headed. Uh, also, cryptocurrencies. He's uh, done a series of podcasts on crypto and cryptocurrencies. So, uh, kind of some good questions around, you know, is it legit and where's that going and, you know, what's the future of crypto look like uh, and is it is it over, you know, where's it at basically uh, and then a couple of other tech, he's you're right up there in, in regards to tech and, uh, you know, loves his technology so what else do we see as, you know, what's, what's going to have the biggest impact in regards to us humans when it comes to technology and the advances um, that we're seeing in those, those areas of technology. So cool episode, something different, check it out and enjoy the show. Mark Pesci, thank you for joining me here at Basic Bananas Headquarters. Thank you, Christo. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you in, and we've got a few different uh, topics that we can roll with here, so we'll do our best to, you know, I want to extract as much as I can, <laughs> <laughs> squeeze you like a Like a lemon. Yeah, exactly, every little drip. Um, so cars, you know, you, I want to talk about cars with you because you're into cars and mm. the future of cars and the next billion cars is one of your podcasts, yep. right? Yep. Intrigue. I'm intrigued. Um, cryptocurrency, just a quick overview. And there's you've got a podcast on crypt- cryptonomics. Yeah. Uh, I want to kind of dig around that a little bit too, just because, yeah, and get your opinion on it, whether, you know what, is it legit or not? Mm. We'll whip into that. Let's have a little look at that. Yeah. Um, and you've, you've discussed things, other topics like the birth of the internet and basically anything tech. So, Let's let's rip in. Well, first of all, what are you excited about at the moment? What's what's cooking in your head? Look, there's a, there's a lot that's exciting. I I am surprised by how excited I'm getting by cars because I'm a fellow who doesn't own a car. I mean, to come and see you today, I took the bus, right? I don't own a car <laughs> because I'm an inner city dweller. I even have a parking spot, but I I don't own a car now. I moved. To Australia from Los Angeles, had a car because you need a car in LA to get anywhere, to do anyway, anything. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not against cars, okay. but I actually live this very car-free lifestyle. But at the same time, because I've been in technology for 35 years now, I have seen the focus. Like when I started my career, cars were the most boring aspect of engineering and technology. People just understood how they worked. Maybe they got a little better. Maybe they changed the color. Big deal. Mm. Cars are now the single most interesting area in technology because they've become a focus of two major transformations. So we're changing the powertrain, right? It's going to be electric, but it's also going to be fuel cells. It's going to be a whole bunch of different options on how, what powers, what fuels the car. Because mm. we are moving away from petrol. That, that much is clear. What we're moving toward is less clear. And then there's this idea of the self-driving car, the autonomous vehicle. And all the car makers rushed out a couple of years ago and said, oh, my God, they're coming. We're going to have them by 2021. Mm. And people are like, wow, do the kids need a license anymore? Kids don't need a license for another reason. But, of course, what happened was then the car makers actually had to sort of, you know, live up to their promises. Mm, And this is now getting kicked further and further down the road because it turns out that a self-driving car 
is really kind of hard. I mean, Tesla can have something that will keep you in your lane on the freeway. Yeah. Assuming there's no fog or heavy traffic or anything yeah. else crazy going on. Yeah. But once you start getting out of that very safe envelope, yeah. it gets to be too much. And so this idea that you'll be able to read the paper or put makeup on while you're driving <laughs> to work in <laughs> the morning. Have a sleep. Whatever it is. Which, which, yeah. or, or, or just be drunk. Right. Oh, I mean, yes. that, you know, that's another thing is we don't even think about the fact Drunk that diet. look at that. We can just drive around just to have the car drive you <laughs> yeah. because you are not in a fifth state to drive. Yeah. And it's not that it, that will never happen. It clearly yeah. is going to happen. Yeah. But what the car makers essentially signed up for, and this is what's dawning on them now, is they signed up not just to be car manufacturers and car manufacturing is already incredibly sophisticated, complex, amazing, mm. integrated global supply chains, mm. right? Because we manufacture two cars a second. So just enormous resources are put into that. That they have mastery of. Now we've asked them to become the best AI companies in the mm. world. All right. This is a problem that even Google hasn't been able to solve. They have this whole division called Waymo. They've yeah. had self-driving cars longer than everyone else. Even they will not take the human out from behind the wheel mm. at this point because it's still no one really trusts the software or the driver or whatever it is. And so if you even have the best AI company in the world, and that's Google, yeah, going, ah, this is a hard problem. How is Ford or Toyota or VW, yeah, which are yeah. big companies but are not AI companies, yeah. how are they going to solve this and problem? It's, uh, you, you've, well, like, you've got people's lives at, at risk, you know, I have, a, I have a Tesla and I, if I do the automatic parking, mm. it reverse park, just that alone, it goes so, it does it so fast that I freak out and the steering wheel turns and it zips in and, you know, I'm like, oh my goodness, it just parked in two seconds. Whereas I'd be like, you know, taking my time and getting the ding, 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 dings. I'm like, what the, you know, I can imagine being at a, yeah, exactly. You're out on the road and if you're going 80 kilometers an hour, like and then even more so, yeah. kilometers or 20 on the highway. And what we're starting to see now is that uh, a lot of these vehicles are starting to restrict their speeds for the kind of autonomy that's, mm. you know, even when the, when the Tesla is parking itself, it's still going slow. It's doing it faster than a human can because its reflexes yeah. are better, but it's still yeah. not going very fast. And so we're starting to see, okay, we'll have your self-driving truck, right, that will just carry packages around, but we're going to limit it to 40 Ks. Gotcha. Because then if it hits someone, it might... It might squash the cat, and that's going to be a real deal. Yeah. But it's probably not going to kill someone yeah, at 40Ks. And so yeah. what we're really doing is we're now rethinking the possibilities Let's around go. what we can trust. Yeah. And a recent survey said that about 80% of people, when asked, said they kind of don't trust a self-driving car yet. And so there's a trust barrier that yeah. has to be overcome as well. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't there a... a Fact that in Australia they can't see the traffic lights. I've heard that one. They can't they, see the red between the green. They can't, <laughs> so. can't see the traffic lights, and road signage is different in every single state in Australia. So you could train oh, a Tesla oh to see the road signs in New South Wales, and Across then you take the border and you you're lost yeah, again. And, and the Tesla's like, "I'm sorry, I don't know what's going on. I can't read the speed sign." Oh, no, yeah, yeah. In the states, I think the traffic lights are up the other way. Aren't they? I think they're like the greens at the top. And the, I was wondering if it was because of that, but anyway, it's probably nothing to do with that. But I was like. In the states, and I was like, "Wait a second, I'm pretty sure the greens at the top, whereas our greens at the bottom." I thought, "I wonder yeah. if there's something." Green, to... Greens at the bottom in the states. Oh, is that the same? Yeah. No, yeah. I was just having a big night, and my head was upside down. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, what about you mentioned fuel? So, what yeah. what is what are your thoughts around fuel? So, 
electric well, vehicle. Well, you have an electric car, right? Yeah, which is... Do like, you ever worry, because the big thing around electric cars, and it's good to ask you as an electric car driver, is there's this thing called range anxiety, right? Oh, yeah. Which you get, so something around 400 Ks out of a yeah, charge. exactly. Do you start freaking out when you only have 100 Ks left on the battery? This morning, I had about 100 and it was around 130 something, mid 135 or whatever, yeah. and I put it on. So it's going, I'm going to have a full charge or cap it out because apparently it's better for the battery but it, like you reduce it just don't fill at the top yeah the last 10 percent unless i'm planning to go on a big drive uh but yes see i put that on today and tomorrow i'm coming here do you know how close i live <laughs> do you want to know <laughs> no, yeah not very far the right drives like five minutes yeah, i'm on the beach exactly. where i crowd the lake just here i definitely didn't need to charge it and <laughs> you know there's a there's a new prius one of my friends in america just upgraded his prius they gave him a good deal and this prius is a true hybrid so it will run off the charge for like 20 k's yeah and it's like he's like it covers me for the entire day and that's totally what would cover you yeah. but there's somehow there's something that we feel like wait a minute i can't just pull into a petrol station no, there's and petrol fill. everywhere exactly we yeah. have this enormous petrol infrastructure yeah. and it's not just in australia it's the yeah. entire developed world yeah. has enormous petrol infrastructure so until we get to that point with charging infrastructure, which mm. we're not at yet, mm. I think this range anxiety that you're feeling is the major barrier to getting people into electric cars. Yeah, yeah. It's the most common question I get from everyone. They're like, what do you do, what do, you do if you want to go up the coast? Yeah. And I'm like, well, you have to, I have to plan more than I've ever planned. Like if I know on the weekend I'm going to the airport and then I'm picking up someone from the city yeah. and then there's going to be a few things and I'm not going to have time to, to charge or I'm staying at a friend's in the city. You know, I've got to... Yeah plan ahead a bit more and there is the the fact that in australia we're just not really the supercharged stations for say tesla they're not up the coast down the coast in these rural areas yet so if you want to drive to brisbane you're gonna you're yeah. gonna have to spend a night or or take your time and re top up you know <laughs> right so. and i think people they even if that's what they would have ended up doing anyway yeah they feel upset that they're being forced yeah, to yeah. do that because yeah. a car is freedom, yeah, yeah. and anything that reframes that freedom mm. is seen as as, as 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 something that's objectionable. But getting that, the interesting thing is getting charging infrastructure is going to be cheaper and easier than getting petrol infrastructure, right? Because it really is just mm. electricity at yeah, that yeah. point. We have mains power and all that, yes, so. Yeah. You can see how we could get to that point really quickly. Yeah. But we haven't, and America hasn't, no yeah. country has. China's going to be the first because oh. China has mandated from 2025 mm -hmm. that every major manufacturer has to offer a line of electric vehicles as part of their basic line. And I think huh. what some percentage of them have to be electric vehicles sold. Oh, that's interesting. So China, and because China's the largest car market in the world, now, China is forcing every manufacturer who wants to sell in China, which is basically all of them, to come up with an electric vehicle strategy. And they're then going to have a Chinese electric car charging strategy because they're just going yeah. to need it. Go China. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, China's already so polluted that anything that the, the, <laughs> the government is seen as doing to help control yeah, yeah. pollution. A step in the right direction. It's seen, seen as a step in the right direction. They're also going to be mad for a autonomous vehicles when those get safe enough because mm. apparently the traffic's gotten so bad particularly yeah, in yeah, Beijing yeah. Yeah. that because there are just human drivers who are, mm. are less efficient at driving stopping and starting that people actually don't want to own cars anymore they, yeah, it, yeah, there's painful. too much trouble associated yeah, with pain. I am um, you know what I think is my my uh, forecast for electric 
with a well a flow on effect. So when everyone gets to electric cars, because mine's silent, you drive it and I drive in and out of my building, and people are like, "Whoa, I didn't hear you there." You know, it's and um, but imagine all of the real estate in, say, for example, Sydney, that's lower cost because you're on a main road because of the the not only the noise but the pollution, the noise pollution and the actual exhaust pollution. Imagine all these these real estate properties. Suddenly, we should be like buying them up. To fork well, because once it gets electric, you wouldn't even hear it. You'd like you'd be it'd be dead to office space on the road, um, residential. There, I mean, there there is there is a movement afoot to give electric cars some sound, like like, like little oh, Jetsons yeah, burble cool. in the background, yeah, exactly. Right. So that so that you can at least tell when they're there. Yeah, when it's coming up. So that it's a, more of a safety issue rather than just there's a motor vehicle noise issue. Yeah, I agree right. with you. I think. Trucks will still be loud just because they're both moving there and they're, they're moving, yeah, yeah, moving right. road. You could so, have a little song playing, a little jingle like the, the uh, Mr. Whippy, the ice cream exactly. band where you've got a little ding da ding da Exactly. So we're going to see all of that. But, I, you know, I gave a talk last year to um, some real estate investors. These are sort of more mom and pop investors. They probably invest a million to a few million dollars and talked about the, the opportunities that are opening up in investment about mm. being able to buy properties that were seen previously as undesirable either yeah. because they were too far away and again autonomous vehicles have a much easier go out in a less crowded suburb than they do in a densely crowded because there's mm. less decisions like again uh, the yeah, Tesla's yeah. good on the highway yeah, right. and not good on a surface street yeah. Yeah. and so some of the stuff that's far away but it's well connected mm. and you've got a good signal I guess tapped into good like a 4G network because you get in the city and in any, any car and the navigation goes crazy, you, you know, I have that in the Tesla that's got the big screen and telling me where to go, but then suddenly it's like confused, yeah. blocked by buildings or whatever. Yeah. What, what, what about like on the on the topic of fuel, do you see like or have you seen or seen research done on any other alternative, like, you oh. know, like a back to the future with a blender on the top of the car where you're blending vegetable scraps and so charging them? Hydrogen fuel cells, everyone kind of thought that they were going to go by the wayside because we were going to go to electricity. It turns out, no, and there's a couple of reasons for this, but Hyundai actually showed an SUV that's hydrogen powered called, I think, the Neo. Hmm. Uh, and they showed this at the Detroit Auto Show. Now, they're only selling 600 of them. And they're only for Southern California because they have the charging infrastructure and the fueling, the hydrogen fueling infrastructure is available in Southern yeah. California. So it's a bit of a test for them. But the thing that we need to understand about electric cars and batteries in specific is batteries do not work where it gets too hot or too cold. Mm. So if you lived somewhere where it regularly went to 50 or minus 40, yeah. And that's Canada, that's Central Australia, that's yeah. Saudi Arabia. There's a bunch of places where that's the case. Yeah, yeah. You kind of don't want to have batteries because batteries just don't gonna hold drain. up. Yeah, they're going to lose their charge. They're going to lose their charge Freak and they'll out. wear out. Yeah, they'll yeah. wear out. And so yeah. there's clearly a space to have multiple kinds of, of fuel sources. Now, one of the things that we don't think about that is huge in India is mm. compressed air. Mm. So rather than having a tank full of electricity, of electrons, like you do, batteries full of electrons, they have a big tank full of compressed air. And the compressed air then drives a piston. So it's like having a steam yeah, engine. And then they go home and they plug it into the little compressor and they charge it up overnight. Yeah. 
And they haven't really used this anywhere else in the world, but there's a billion and a half Indians. So there's still a big market there yeah. for these compressed air vehicles. So we're looking at a couple of different types of systems. And so the future is not one or the other. It's not all petrol. It's not yeah, all diesel. Yeah. It's this mix of different things yeah. to fit the different situations. I wonder how the range would go on an air fresh, like compressed air. And how, I guess they'd always get better like same with batteries. But it's, but it's, similar, it's, it's, it's similar to electric in that it's generally good for – Urban areas where there's not that much driving and also mm. where, again, electric vehicles and compressed air vehicles don't pollute. Yeah. So they're really good, particularly yeah, yeah. if you're in a crowded city in yeah. India, yeah. right? Then you're not adding more urban pollution to the environment. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Oh, this is really interesting. Yeah. On the cars. Let's have a let's look at a bit of crypto as well, because that was a. What do you yeah. think? Unless there's something else you want to. No, 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 no. This to is cut just you off. this is just this is a fun conversation yeah. because, because this one's is yeah. just interesting because this this is um I feel like the, a bit of the hype of crypto's actually worn off. A Amen. Bit. Like it it was about a year ago. It was like everyone I would talk to. I'd ask, you know, have you tried? And it was almost like they're keeping it secrecy. Oh, yeah, I set up a little account and put two grand in. You know, or something. It's like this little, like, I just don't want to be left behind. Or, or yes. I, I just put in two grand to try and work out how it works. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of have a moment where they're like, oh, oh my I goodness. Just lost the two yeah, grand. I lost it. Or I made, oh, my goodness, it's up to six. And then they're like, well, I think I'm onto it. I worked it out. You know, someone on Facebook suggested something and I bought it and, and I'm good at this. And then suddenly they're two grand's down to 500 and they're like, okay. I have no control over this, no idea about it, what's going on. No. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a speculative bubble. That's what go. it looks like. Yeah, right? yeah. We hadn't really seen one in our lifetime, yeah. right? And here we got a full-on speculative bubble. Yeah. So what what's going on with it? What's the future of it? What are you seeing? Are you all for it? Are you skeptical? Like, I don't – one big concern I have is people creating multiple coins all the time. So yeah. it started as Bitcoin and now there's a new coin every day. So where does it end and how does value sustain when somebody is creating a new currency every minute? And you've asked a really good question there. And part of what we looked at, so we did this series called Cryptonomics and we did the first five episodes were really laying out all the basics so that people could just come in not knowing anything and understand all of the basics. Episode four is all about the new coins, all right, the tokens. And the key thing you need to understand is that if you can create an economic reason, what we call tokenomics, you can re- a reason for people to use a particular coin because it's reinforcing value in a system of exchange between multiple parties, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's a reason to use there's that coin. There's yeah. value to it. And so you have a lot of projects that just said, here's my new coin. Well, why are we going to use it? Uh, yeah, And those are the coins that aren't worth any money now. The coins okay. that are holding their value are the ones that have been designed systemically. Are coins holding their value? Are there coins that have... Well, I mean, even Bitcoin has... I mean, it dropped a lot Over from a its peak, time. but it's yeah. still sort of at $4,000 a coin, right? Which is yeah. not an insignificant amount of money. Uh, Ethereum, I haven't checked lately, but it's probably like $100, $120 a yeah. coin. There so so 4000 for... It was up to something like twenty close to something. yeah. To, to, okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I was quoting U.S. prices. Oh, yeah, so we're, yeah. we're talking something more like six thousand Australian ish, yeah, right, right. five six thousand Australian. Um, yes, and it was up to about twenty two thousand Australian yeah. at the peak. Um, so it's definitely fallen back, and I feel really really yeah. bad for anyone who bought in when it was eighteen or nineteen, yeah. expecting it. Was and just, then it went up, and they got excited. They started partying, yeah. <laughs> started planning retirement, bought the Lamborghini, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then it just all yeah. went away. And and again, I think that's the bubble aspect of it. 
so uh, people were going in because they saw something that was going up without understanding why or how it was going up. And that yeah. is the worst reason to invest in yeah. something, right? And yeah. You're just following the crowd and you're yeah. setting yourself up. Yeah, I did that. Well, it's <laughs> a lot of people do it. Yeah. You know, I, I had a friend who came to me and said, I want to invest in crypto. I was like, yeah. okay, I, because I know what I'm doing. And I did. I was like, yeah. okay, I, give me $500. She's like, I want to give you $2,000. I was like, no, give me $500 because yeah. really that's all I want to lose for you. Because yeah, I could yeah. kind of see what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. We put it in. I think she's got 200 of it left. So she's not doing okay. badly, but yeah. she's not. She, she, she's taken a bath. Yeah. What I did was I invested in the currencies where I actually knew the people who were involved, yeah, right? Yeah. Because I was around early enough that I knew the folks who were doing Ripple, I knew the folks who were doing yeah. Stellar. Yeah. So there's a couple of coins, and I knew the folks who were doing the Brave coins. So I bought coins where I understood them, where I understood the tokenomics because I was close to them. And those yeah. coins, to some degree, have held their value. I mean, they're not where they were at the peak. Yeah. But when you can understand why something is holding its value, what the reasons are for it, it's more likely to. And... I call this, this is the Buffett test, Warren Buffett. If I don't understand it, I'm not going to invest in yeah, it. Yeah. So if you don't understand a coin or why someone would use a coin. Everything you're putting in, you're just gambling, right? Just, you're, you're just gambling. Yeah. Now, in terms of the number of coins, I don't. the number of coins is not going to decrease, but we have seen a real shakeout in the coins that are holding value because okay. over half of the coins that went into circulation last year have basically gone to zero now. Right. So there's been a real shakeout. The ones that remain are going to get quality tested. Do they really have an economic basis? Do they actually function in an economy that's benefiting everyone who's using the coin? Mm -hmm. And we're learning. And this is the thing that we, I think, really need to understand about all of this. Cryptocurrencies are a decade old, right? We had Bitcoin has literally only mm -hmm. been around for just a month over 10 years now. Right. Right? The first Bitcoins were generated in January of 2019. Uh, 2009. So we're just at the beginning. To think that we actually understand all of this when it's actually kind of new yeah. is is a bit premature. Yeah. Right? So we have to understand how they get used, why they get used, where they get used. Now, blockchains, which is the technology that underlies them, and the reason that you can trust them when someone says they have Bitcoin, they can prove it. Yeah. Right. Blockchains are finding a lot of use in areas that don't have anything to do with cryptocurrency. So there's a company out of Sydney called AgriDigital, and they do agricultural settlements so that when a farmer is selling their grain to a grain processor, normally the farmer has to wait about six months to get paid. But in fact, at this point, the transaction happens immediately because yeah, they're right. using Instantly. a medium that allows the, the farmer to stake the grain and the processor to stake the price, and then there's just an exchange mm -hmm. of value on the on. And people are liking that because there's no fee, no middleman. There's, there's a small fee, but it, it's more that it's fast. It's okay. it's fast and it's secure because yeah. each side can peek at the other. So end. what's the fee? The fee comes from the the platform that the person's yeah. using to manage their their coins. Yeah, which is the agri well the agri digital platform. Yeah. So both yeah. the farmer and the uh, processor would be yeah. subscribed to the platform. One yeah. or both of them would be paying a small fee to trade across yeah, the when platform. they transact. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there are lots of interesting things. Now, the most interesting thing, I think, is that it looks like the Reichsbank, so that's the Swedish Central Bank, mm -hmm. and they've already announced that they're going to do this. They haven't done this yet. We'll be introducing their own cryptocurrency. Now, I've been expecting that some national government would be doing a cryptocurrency. The Singaporeans have talked about it. We know that the Federal Reserve has talked to IBM about building it. I tried to talk the Reserve Bank of New Zealand into it a few years okay. ago. They're like, why wouldn't people use credit cards? I'm like, have you seen the fees? This is why people won't use credit cards. Mm. So 
it looks like the Swedish Reichsbank will be the first, probably sometime this year, to have a fully digital cryptocurrency, what you might think of as a blockchain-based currency. Yeah. And it, the Swedish people are all for it because they've already stopped using cash in Sweden. Like, they've just stopped. Right. And as in they're on cards, just like... They're just all just on cards. All digital, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're all they've all gone digital. And the Swedish also feel that this is a good way to... Um, ferret out tax avoidance, and the Swedes are actually mm. very into that. So I think Australians would be a lot Fools. less comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Americans would go to war over this. The <laughs> yeah. Swedes are very culturally they're very into that, and so this transition to a cryptocurrency, a national currency that's a cryptocurrency, is something that they're really looking forward to because they feel that it will work very well. Now, I feel like once we actually get one state currency that's a cryptocurrency, I expect the Singaporeans will probably follow along very well mm. for exactly the same reasons. They want to bring as much currency uh, of the economy into the, into the federal network as possible. Uh, but I, you can see a whole range of what we think of second-tier currencies, so perhaps not the Chinese, not the Americans, not the EU, yeah, right. Right? but some of the second-tier currencies. Mm -hmm we'll all have digital counterparts. And that's going to be interesting because then why? what's keeping us from trading in Reichsbank dollars, all right? So we don't have to worry about a floating currency rate. That made it very hard for people to trade in Bitcoin because what's a Bitcoin yeah. worth? Well, I don't know what minute is it, yeah, right? Yeah. That was a problem. So yeah. I have a, a friend who was getting paid in Ethereum last year and she didn't convert some of it to dollars. Okay. And she lost a third of the value right. while she was just getting things Wait set up yeah, to, right. to do it. And people don't want to don't want to get paid in a currency that's not going to get hold its value. But as soon right. as you have a cryptocurrency, you and I can trade like you know Gilder or whatever they call Kroner. Yeah, right. You and I can trade those just as easily as two Swedes could, and we can be guaranteed that they're going to be worth what we paid for. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And then, so I guess you're still going to have the. Uh, the currency, the change exchange rates, right? So if you have a Singapore bank create a crypto versus a, you know, a Swedish bank, yeah. and we're going to move crypto owned by or like crypto on the on the Singaporean platform across to crypto, you know, it's going to change, right? There's going to be an exchange rate still. There's, there's going to be an exchange rate, but the exchange rate would be the same as it is on the net, on the foreign exchange because it's, it's almost get your head around because that's almost just like a digital exchange now. But I guess the digital exchange now there's going to be some weird fees that get slapped on it. There's going to be well, going, and there's going, going to be money. Well, rate. and there's also going to be all of the inspection that happens because of money laundering. And this is uh, the thing that will slow the process down. So if you're trying to move Krona around across a border and yeah. This has been the problem that the banking system has had with Bitcoin, you know, and it's not that banks don't really think Bitcoin is interesting. They absolutely do. But they also look at it as being potentially poisonous to them because mm. it can be used for money laundering. Yeah. And the one thing that a bank can't cannot. Control. Yeah. And I mean, you saw how much trouble ComBank got into last year because it turns out that people were using the ATMs to launder money. Not a good look for ComBank. And it's also the thing that bankers can be proven to be criminally negligent for. And I have hung out with a lot of international bankers. And when they get together, they don't talk about interest rates. They talk about anti-money laundering and the fact that they need to have practices or they go to jail. Right. It doesn't happen a lot, but trust yeah. me, bankers actually freak out when they think about going yeah, to jail. Yeah, yeah I can well, I can imagine. I think anyone does if yeah. they end up in an icky situation. So just on like the whole crypto, what do you... Are you, are you, let's just as a general, um, 
your thoughts on it? Like it's, it should be, people should be paying attention to it. We should be learning about it or we should be just, just hold up, sit back because it is so fickle or so kind of like unpredictable. Well, like, I, like what do you think? I don't think I'm it's not going to ask you for specific yeah. uh, trade advice. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I don't think as an investment vehicle, I mean, if you want to throw risk capital at it, I suppose you can, but I think there are more fun, risky investments to throw your money at right now. <laughs> so I'm not even suggesting that people invest, but should they be aware of what's going on and how people are using it? It's, that's the more important mm. thing. Here's the thing. We've had smartphones, and so four and a half billion people have smartphones right now, right? So four and a half billion adults, that's almost all of the adults, full mm. stop, mm. have smartphones. We still don't have any money that works on our smartphones. Anyone who has a smartphone either has to have a credit card or they have to have some sort of access to mm. money. And so in the developed countries, most people have credit cards. That is not true in China. That is not true in Africa. That is not true in India. So how do these people actually then buy things online or whatever. Well, in a lot of ways, it's difficult for them. And in a lot of ways, they have other techniques that they've had to use. And so banking has become this very weird thing because it's a poor fit for the smartphone. And a cryptocurrency mm. solves that problem. And so in a lot of ways, when we can get to a good cryptocurrency, a lot of the stuff that we want to do with commerce on our smartphones suddenly gets a lot easier. I'm really looking forward to that because that's going to be an explosion of amazing services and products and all these crazy apps that people are going to be able to offer because we're all able to transact money on our phones without having to go to a bank. And this is not, I'm not ragging on the banks. This is not about that. It's more about getting money that can actually fit into a smartphone the same way it can fit into our wallet today. Mm, yeah, very interesting. So let's pay attention to it. We keep our eye on it and, uh, and something we shouldn't ignore. The new Galaxy smartphone was just introduced by Samsung this week, has a built-in cryptocurrency wallet. So they oh, they, they can see where it's yeah, going, yeah. even if they don't have anything to put in the wallet. Yeah, yet. just yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. There you go. Um, this is good. Uh, very interesting. We covered a good, a good amount of ground here in a uh, short period of time in terms of cars and cryptocurrencies. What, what's getting you excited? What's the what, what are you focusing on at the moment before we kind of um, – Wrap up here. What's what's? Were you excited on anything? You're working on anything? What's got your focus for the next, you know, maybe year of 2019? Yeah. Where, where are you going? I'm, I'm writing a book on augmented reality now, and augmented reality is something that sort of people have maybe heard about a little bit if they play Pokemon Go. That's an augmented reality game that you can play on your smartphone. But we're starting to see the first generation of what we call spectacles, so mm. things that you put over your eyes. They make you look like Hans Molman right now because they're really big, but they're going to be. Successive, successively better and sort of within about five years they'll look, start to look like something like a really nice pair of sunglasses and they will completely overlay a digital view of the world on top of the real world wherever you go. Is that going to be good or bad? Well, it's going to keep you from staring down into your smartphone. So that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, it's <laughs> going to keep you glued to what's going on in the outside world and it's going to be even more distracting. Mm. But it's going to take a lot of what we've done with our smartphones, which is to create a lot of data in the world and bring it to us in a very different way. So it's going to change our relationship to information, and it's going to make a lot of the information that's invisible right now. I'll give you a case in point, your Tesla. If you opened up what passes for the boot in the Tesla and to mm -hmm. take a look at the engine, the motor, yeah. you don't know what to do. There's no user manual, right? No. There's, a, there's a data port. 
someone can plug into. What if when you did that, you then saw the full breakout of all the engine and all the parts and how to take it apart, right? right? All of that data exists, mm. right? But we, what we need to do is be able to integrate it with you staring at your engine. Yeah, right. And that's what we're going to be able to do. So much of the world looks complicated to us because we can't see how it works because yeah. it's all digital now. Yeah. And all of that is going to get revealed to us. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, interesting. It's like uh, YouTube rolling us. You know, you exactly. YouTube, the answer to everything nowadays. Absolutely. Like, I'm broken down on my motorbike. How to fix it, you know. Exactly. Um, and YouTube in cool. India, there was a great uh, report that was published last month. YouTube in India, because it's it doesn't focus on text, but it focuses on the, the spoken word, works right. really well because there aren't strongly yeah. literate Indians. There are yeah. millions of Indians who have smartphones who aren't strongly literate. And so they're using YouTube because YouTube will speak to them rather than forcing them to read. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah. Very, very cool. Well, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for sharing so much. And uh, very interesting what we've covered off here. You guys seem like a very interesting guy with our active minds looking <laughs> to the future. So what about if people want to find about uh, you know more about you? Where do we where do they look you up? Where do, where do they find your show? So the, the show is The Next Billion Seconds. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the Podcast One app. So feel free. Dive in anywhere. There's many different kinds of shows. We have shows on cars, crypto, shows on the, the past of technology, the future of technology. We're having a lot of fun with it, and there's a new show every week. So do that. And my personal website's at markpesci.com. That's P-E-S-C-E. Awesome. And we'll put uh, links, if you're listening to this on your, your iPhone or on the Stitcher app or wherever you're listening in, in the show notes, we'll put those links there as well so you can click them straight through from, from your phone there and check him out. Thank you very much. Thank this you. It's been, been a amazing. pleasure. Thank you very much. To get more from Basic Bananas and to learn new ways to grow your business with clever marketing, visit basicbananas.com.